Brooklyn in the house. Welcome. Everybody hear me? Welcome. Did you hear that? There you go. Brooklyn in the house. This is. <laughs> Thanks for coming out and giving us your Friday night. Uh, this is a special presentation of Star Talk, Star Talk at BAM. And in this presentation, you're going to get three versions of what our Star Talk franchise is all about. The first one, lasting 30 minutes, Star Talk All Stars. And that's where we have a cadre of uh, counterparts to me who are experts in other fields of science. Uh, and they each have their own sort of radio show with a comedian, similar format, but they get to do it their way. Star Talk All Stars, you'll get a sampling of that for 30 minutes. And then we will end with one of our favorite new franchises of Star Talk, Star Talk Playing with Science, which is all about the science of sports. And tonight, we're going to talk about the physics of figure skating. And we'll get back to that in a minute. But right now, we will begin Star Talk at BAM. I'll bring out my comedic co-host, the one, the only Chuck Nice. Come on out. What's up, buddy? Oh, man. How are you, man? This is my man. It's good to see you. Very cool. And so tonight, we're going to talk about the physics of the early universe. Ooh. And I realized this, was, this whole event was introduced as a, a radio love fest, but, I, but, but I, he didn't say it right. You got to say a radio love fest. <laughs> you got to yeah. do that right. Yeah, exactly. I think you just made the universe pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> love fest. Uh, let me introduce... A, a colleague and a friend, one of the smartest people on earth, theoretical physicist, Brian Greene, everybody. <laughs> Brian uh, Greene, best known for sort of popularizing concepts like string theory and the multiverse. You just made string theory pregnant, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, your best-selling author, The Elegant Universe, a beautiful book. Give it one. That person one, read one your cell. book right there. <laughs> that person read your book. Uh, <laughs> I know the rest of you are just posers. <laughs> So uh, that was followed with a, a Fabric of the Cosmos, yep. a beautiful book. Hidden Reality was a third book. And then you are co-founder of the World Science Festival. That's right. Uh, co-founder. It's, it's a bit audacious to call it the World Science Festival. Well, we're going to call it the universe, but, you know, uh, <laughs> pulled it back to world. No, it's just great. It's, it's a World Science Festival held in New York. That's just, I'm just saying. It's a, also it's, in Australia, so it is world in that way. Okay. All yeah, right. And yeah. co-founded uh, with your wife. That's great. Very yeah. good. Uh, uh, smart man. <laughs> <laughs> very, very smart. How, how to keep that marriage yeah, going. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so our next segment is going to be Star Talk All-Stars, where I take a back seat and we bring on the host, one of our many talented Star Talk All-Stars, neuroscientist Heather Berlin. Heather, come on out. Hey. Okay, so Brian, you're gonna come here? Oh, I think I'm sitting here. Uh, you want you to go there? Okay. And you go there? Yeah. All right. So Heather is your show. 
Okay. Go for it. All right, Neil, you can take a back seat and uh, yeah, I'll... I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me very well, Brian. You don't know me very well. Uh, so, uh, welcome to Star Talk All Stars at BAM. I'm your host, Heather Berlin. I'm a cognitive neuroscientist. I'm based here in New York at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. So, Neil, Brian, thanks for being my guests tonight. And uh, we're going to... And Chuck, forget about oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just ingrained in my mind. We've become one. We've become Chuck, my co-host, for bringing all of the wonderful scientific insights and comic relief. Thank, well, thank you for you. being here. So, so wonderful for you to study. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the intersection between neuroscience and physics. Talk a little bit about consciousness, time, and free will. So we're just going to keep it light, light and easy. <laughs> free will. Uh, yeah. So not um, free willy, right? No. Free, free will. It's not that kind of show. Uh, <laughs> we are going to. That was that a was, movie. I took that reference differently. That was a movie. You know what's funny? I was thinking that. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I better not say it. <laughs> I told you, we are one. You're like my subconscious that I just kind of try to keep at bay, but it keeps coming up. Yeah, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a very good plan, actually. Yes. Um, so, actually, Brian, you once, you once tweeted, you said, um, free will is the Wait, you're going to quote a tweet of mine quoting in front of tweet. this guy over here? <laughs> That's like saying I play baseball in front of Babe Ruth, right? <laughs> it's like saying I write music in front of Mozart, right? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Your tweets matter. Your tweets matter. Thank you. Free, free will. All tweets matter. All yeah. Not all tweets. <laughs> <laughs> not all tweets. <laughs> Blue tweets matter. <laughs> <laughs> I had we got to some do red it. tweets in the house. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, some yeah. red tweets in the house. Okay, so so you said free will is the sensation of making a choice. The sensation is real, but the choice seems illusory. Laws of physics determine the future. So I had to say that you <laughs> you were compelled. It was determined from the Big Bang. What does physics have to say about free will? Well, it's not definite because we don't fully know the laws of physics, but the laws of physics that we currently have at our disposal have no opportunity for intercession by human will, right? I mean, we are a collection of particles governed by laws that you can write down and fit on a t-shirt, and those laws don't at any point in the evolution of the particles say, hey, can you like tell me now what to do, person? Mm -hmm. They just determine the future based upon what things were like in the past. But Brian, can't can't there be an emergent property of that collection of molecules that we can call free will? Just hmm. because, because the emergent property, if, we under, if you know emergence, it's a feature of an ensemble that cannot be deduced by the study of the individual. Like ants. Like ants. You study one ant, you say, hi, ant. You'll shake your hand. You have no idea that a thousand ants together are going to make an ant mound. Right. Or a thousand termites make a termite mound. Right. Or that birds will flock. You have no way to predict so the idea that. Is that, that one yeah. ant sounds like Woody Allen. <laughs> if, if free will doesn't Forget exist it. at the <laughs> level of, of physics, if, so the, in other words, if it doesn't exist at the level of physics, could it not exist at the level of biology it, it or, say, psychology? That's right. So, so it's a very good point, and it really depends on what your definition of free will is, right? Normally, the intuitive definition is things could have been different, 
and I could have made a choice for things to turn out differently. And if that's your definition of free will, does that resonate with your perspective of free will? Then I don't see any way to square that with the laws of physics because anything that you do is your particles executing some kind of motion and the motion of your particles in your brain, in your body, have no opportunity to allow you as a conscious being to direct them. What force could possibly that direction come from? Is it the electromagnetic force? Well, that one we understand from Maxwell. Is it the gravitational force? Mm, we understand that one from Einstein. Is it the nuclear forces? Those we understand from the standard model of particle physics. What force could you possibly exert on your particles that goes against or goes beyond those that emerge from the equations of physics? That's the issue. Could our free will thrive in the probabilistic description of quantum physics? No. <laughs> Not as we currently understand it. And, and that's a natural Don't place. Don't make me fight you here yeah, on the stage. Well, we've done this before. Yeah, we did actually, yeah. I grabbed you know, his lapel on yeah, stage we, once. But we both yeah. were wrestlers in high school. Different weight categories. Yeah, definitely. very different weight categories. Uh, but, um, yeah. but uh, so, so it's, it's, I should have said it, it's possible, but I consider it highly unlikely. So, so there is a puzzle right now in quantum physics that has been on the table for... 50, 75 years, and we don't know the answer to this puzzle. And that's why I have to couch my remarks with a little bit of uncertainty. And that puzzle is this. Quantum theory says that you can only pre predict the probability of one outcome or another, right? 50% chance electron here, 50% chance there. Yet when we measure the electron, we always find it either here or there, right? One or the other. So how do you go from the fuzzy probabilistic haze of many possibilities to the single definite reality that we all experience in everyday life? We still don't know how to bridge that gap. So within that, if consciousness somehow plays a role in picking out one outcome from the probabilistic haze, then sure, then free will might come well, for the ride as well. There you go. You just said... No, no, no. no, 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 you, no, no. You, you just said... Probabilistically, the particle can be here or there. Yes. But if you measure it, it is only in one place. Yes. So my act of thought yeah. is I want to go, I'm, I want a cheeseburger. That's the particle in this state. And I'm going to say, I want a cheeseburger. Bam! The particle's there. Wait, let me, ah, wait, see, that's wait, the part no, no. I don't buy right there. You see, wait, because... Why are you poking wait, your... Okay. <laughs> because it's random. There's nothing that you did to pick one outcome because you wanted it, because you willed it, because it was your desire. And yet your intuition is you had the cheeseburger because you chose it. If it comes from a random process, it's like throwing the dice. And throwing the dice to get an outcome is not what we mean by free will. Okay, wait. You physicists. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to give you a neuroscientific perspective. Oh, uh, good. Okay. So... <laughs> from, from a neuroscientific perspective, first of all, what's happening at the quantum level doesn't really scale up to whether a neuron fires or not, right? I mean, that indeterminacy. But from the experiments that we've done, starting in the 80s, Benjamin Libet did studies where he said to somebody, whenever you feel like it, just press this button. And he measured brain activation. And he found, and he said, even before they actually press the button, because that takes time to make the movement, just let me know where this little dot is on the clock when you feel the first inkling of the intention of wanting to move. And then what he found is about 350 milliseconds before a person even had that conscious intention, there was a gearing up of brain activation, right? So then, 
leap forward to current times, we do neuroimaging experiments where we can say to a person... Just so if people know, yeah. you measure people's brains for a living. That's my job. That's what I do, yes. Okay, I, I would be no help to you. No. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> so my unconscious here again. He's always buttoning in and, you know. We need you. We need you. Um, but you can measure it using uh, fMRI, which looks at blood flow to different parts of the brain. Functional, Functional magnetic, magnetic resonance, resonance imaging. imaging. Basically, looking at blood flow as a proxy to neurons fire. The blood is going to go where the neurons are firing because they need energy. So we can say to you, okay, just choose left or right, or that hamburger or, or not. And Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Sorry, this is a cheeseburger. Uh, <laughs> he chose to put cheese on that burger. <laughs> We can say, we can predict up to 10 seconds before you even have the conscious inclination of your intention, which you're going to go, left or right, or cheese or no cheese, right? So at that level, I like to say, yeah, sure, we have free will, but we're just not conscious of it, right? The brain is making these decisions all the time, and we have this illusion of free will. But the question really is, is why do we have this illusion? Why did we evolve this illusion? Is it important if we didn't have it would it change our behavior? Yeah, I mean, it strikes me that it gives us that sense of control that presumably out in the savannah, you know, 50,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, made the difference between surviving and not. If you're invested in how things turn out and feel that your decisions can affect how things turn out, you're more attentive, you're more engaged. It's something that matters to you more, and presumably something like that or some parallel story like that suggests why we have this illusion. So you're less but, likely to be eaten. Yes, that's the right. point. That's the right. point. Well, so, so you both agree with one another, with each other, that from <laughs> physics' point of view, it's deterministic. You didn't use that word, but I'm putting it in your, in your mouth. Mm -hmm. okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean... <laughs> It's okay on the radio and live show, but I, I, I uh... Wait, so, and, and so yeah. Heather, so your, your results are consistent with his, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from both a physics perspective and a neuroscience perspective, we come to the similar conclusion that it's an illusion, that free will is an illusion, even though we really feel like it's not. And actually, studies have been done, which when you tell people that free will is an illusion, and you start giving them subsequent tests, they're more likely to cheat on a math test, they're mm -hmm. more likely to act in unethically. So the fact that we have this belief, those who have had it actually are better able to survive um, in the system along the lines. We're so, more so likely to behave We're more likely think to we're behave. in control. However, we also have evolved for there to be cheaters, right? And they can win. And so if we were all cheaters, no one would win. But if we uh, all- I just asked Tom Brady. <laughs> 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 and Chuck, he looked so deflated at the end of that game. Right? <laughs> he was he he was sad. <laughs> yeah. We are going to have a special uh, musical interlude. Oh, musical interlude. Oh, sweet. We are going to have a special performance by. Baba Brinkman. Baba Brinkman, come on out! All right. Baba, you're, you're a science rapper. I am a science rapper. Such things do exist. That's a thing. It's a thing now. You will, you will demonstrate that now. Let's all hope so. <laughs> Baba Brinkman. All right. All right. 
They gave me one song to demonstrate that science rap exists. And all this physics stuff is going to mix with neuroscience, and pretty soon we're going to start talking about free will. And as a rap artist who's been at this for over a decade, you got to get into freestyle. So I'm about to do a freestyle interpreting a lot of what was discussed for this last half hour. And I want you to think about this. Either every word they said and every word I'm about to say was predetermined since our Big Bang on our slice, or there is some kind of free will possible. All right, hit it. Now, I'm from Western Canada. When I was a young rapper, picturing myself on MTV, this is the rap I always picture myself kicking. Listen to this lyric, it isn't freestyle, it's written I wrote it of my own free will, it was my decision Every intimate constituent, part of it was deliberate I considered how to script it and how to stand and deliver it I wanted to get up on stage and do a lot of damage And talk about how all the universes were like a big sandwich And I could just step up here and do some things that are drunk on beats And find out why astrophysics makes people feel hungry That was forethought, but that doesn't mean nothing comes before thought Look at the source of your thoughts You might find the doors blocked If every decision is made in a part of my brain That's invisible to me That's well, but with a subliminal origin I'm not thinking it's too free See, I break it down I show you the freestyle basics You can't see me All you can see is the imprint of my radiation See what I'm saying? That's the way that I spit it with freestyle bars Looking for me is looking for in the universe The first star But what am I doing here? Why am I choosing to bust the rhyme? Am I a puppet on a string Who could not have done otherwise? A slave to my subliminal amygdala reptilian forces with no self-control Up in my neocortex, I can't stop I'm stuck here trying to bust raps I could no more stop than Neil could shave off his mustache I'm trying to figure that out Maybe perhaps it could happen But we're all stuck up in this quantum bubble bath I can't stop believing in the option to choose I couldn't stop if I wanted It's down to the molecules I choose words and deeds, not wants and moves Freedom is like a muscle, it's only strong when it's used I can't stop, well I probably could But I probably shouldn't Cause right now I gotta kick a rap And make it really good And maybe, maybe interpret everything That they talked about a second ago Alright, let's do a little rewind Y'all people could be checking the flow See, I'm gonna drop this and say everything clearly I'm five years from stardom Like Brian explaining string theory It's about to happen Any second is coming next Every word I spit is peer reviewed Something you can check like the literature it's a freestyle now as I spit it at you Indeed, that's the place that I take it Breaking down the basics, yeah Check it out, freestyles, people always felt them I'm gonna get on the Big Bang Theory So I could get dissed by Sheldon Yeah, one day that's about to happen That's the cameo Bubba Brinkman coming through right now With nothing but a damaging flow Yeah, check it I'm gonna have to come sparking it I'm cooking It's not gonna get the same reaction As it did with Neil when I say Is there a house full of Brooklyn? No, I screw it up, that's okay, I'm just blazing them, that's the way that we say it where I come from, I'm Canadian trying to bust the rap, so I'm gonna say a shout out to the plaid shirt right there, me and him are repping the lumberjacks, I'm can't stop, believing in the option to choose, I couldn't stop if I wanted, it's down to the molecules, I choose words and deeds, not wants and moves, freedom is like a muscle, it's only strong when it's used, well I can stop, I can stop if I want. The question is, why would I want to stop? I could stop, it's just not recommended. At least not till this song is ended.
Cause I spent a lot of time training my brain to rhyme at the drop of a dime. That's the kind of freedom I could claim as mine. Freedom isn't a metaphysical state at the level of atoms. It's a collection of talents. Each of us can develop and manage. Freedom evolved. Evolution gave us the building blocks. Absolute freedom, maybe not, but more than a digger wasp and more than prefrontal cortex lesion patients living today. I'll take the freedom I've got over the non-freedom of Phineas Gage. Freedom is having a brain that can reject options, detect imposters, dodge sucker punches like boxers. Freedom is having a brain that can navigate obstacles in a continuous exploration of the adjacent possible. A brain that's free enough to recognize goals and pursue them and recognize the reasons why, even if it's prone to illusions. Freedom, if you've got that kind of mind and it's at fault, congratulations, you can now be tried as an adult. Free will, it's similar to freestyle. It's a learnable system that's deterministic deep down. But even if every syllable has a physical cause, freedom is just the belief that I should still get some applause. Oh! Thank you. Oh my God! Well done. Oh! <laughs> Fantastic, man. Oh! That guy's my favorite rapper now. <laughs> Jay Z, suck it! <laughs> I ain't never heard Jay Z say anything about his prefrontal cortex. <laughs> so, Heather, is there a. Um, let me ask you a blunter question. Right. Does it even matter if that you know this if we all feel like we have free will? I want to believe that I go to school and get a good job and behave, and I want to believe all that. Well, I, I you tell me I shouldn't believe it that if I if one day I end up in prison, that was predetermined from the Big Bang. And wait, just as, you're saying yes to that. But wait, as, as, a, as, as an addendum to the as an addendum, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. There's nothing I can do. To <laughs> so if I kick your ass right now, that's it. That was predetermined. Then it was meant to be from the Big Bang. It was meant to be, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this got so sexy. <laughs> Plus, Brian, kicking one's ass is not a literal stick your ass in someone's to kick. Well, I it, it, but wait, you, that, from the that, hood, it means just winning a fight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that pretty Brian, Brian was born and raised in New York City. So uh, went to Stuyvesant High School. So he's homegrown. Oh, nice. Homegrown. But wait, that predeterminism that you were just talking about, okay, let's say, for instance, that you do accept that, and then that leads to fatalism. Mm -hmm. Was that also predetermined? <laughs> so the fact that you were given this information that, well, I'm not really in charge of my own decisions, my brain is making these decisions based upon these neurosynaptic transitions that happen within my mind, and so I just let that happen, and then I say, oh, okay, because of that, I don't give a damn about anything, and I just let it all go, was that predetermined? Yep. Well, well there you go. But it. also to put it in perspective. <laughs> Sorry, well, okay. <laughs> God, I'm going to shoot myself tonight. <laughs> but the, but, the, but you well, see, right, so I got to just let the record show. Chuck put out a really awesome question right there, mm -hmm. and it just got a one-word answer. I could have at least stretched out your answer. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, well, Give I'm a guy a break. You no, know? I'm happy to. So, so, you know, often people, when they encounter these ideas, and you must have heard this too, mm -hmm. people say, okay, then I'm not going to do anything right. to sit on my couch and what does it matter? Fatalism. Right? Mm -hmm. But you see, 
that's a mixing of two distinct views on one question. You see, if you think that you're making a free choice to sit on your couch, then you feel like, well, now I am going to give in to this and I'm just going to sit there. But if you do that, it was determined. So exactly what you're asking. If you choose to sit on your couch, it's not that you made a volitional choice. It was set in place. And if that's what was going to happen, that's what's going to happen. So but then by, by that particular uh, uh, measure, all information that we receive then predetermines everything that we do. That's really what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and moreover, but... You know, to just give this a little bit more color, I think, you know, your view, mm -hmm. Heather's view, and, and Baba's Don't view. Don't explain her view. Okay, I won't then. <laughs> uh, but, but what I heard Baba say. <laughs> now, let me tell you something, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I predetermined to say that. <laughs> <laughs> we spoke about this in the book. But Baba's, Baba's mm -hmm. description, I think, really uh, at least helps me when I think in mm -hmm. those terms, which is it's not that free will is the intuitive one that we're talking about here. Free will really is the fact that we're able to carry out this amazing spectrum of behaviors. We can walk, we can talk, we can sing, we can come up with ideas. The fact that they had an earlier cause, maybe even back at the Big Bang, to me doesn't take anything away from creativity, it doesn't take anything away from originality. It doesn't take anything away from having a sense of authorship over your own actions because you're the most immediate cause of those actions. They emerge through you, through your particles. Your particles and your brain are configured in such a way that when certain stimuli hit your body, you said and do certain things. Can the I, fact that it's determined, who cares? This, so there's different views of free will, okay? There's not, there's not just determinism and non-determinism. There there's compatibilism. Which is which, what that is. Yeah, might, yeah, yeah, yeah. And compatibilism is saying that the world, it, it is deterministic, but we also have free will within that because of these probabilities. And the other question, getting kind of to what you were saying, is that, so then people throw their hands in the air, okay, if there's no such thing as free will, then I can do whatever I want. I can go murder someone, it doesn't matter, it was predetermined. <laughs> however, however, we have also- However, Chuck. Evolved. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, that's that really important. We have evolved the capacity to have self-control as other animals. But in particular, we have the largest percentage of prefrontal cortex than any other species, which is the part of the brain that has that ability to control our innate impulses. So we hold people accountable for their actions to the degree to which they have the capacity to have self-control. Therefore, children are less responsible for their crimes than adults or people who have prefrontal lesions or severe psychiatric illness. So, Because children don't have a fully developed prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, cortex un yet. until about okay. the age of 25. And so for you, guys, it's 35. Yeah, yeah. it's a little <laughs> a little bit more. Or um, perhaps 70. <laughs> <laughs> can't hold him responsible. Can't hold him responsible for his actions. That'll be the next argument. Uh, so you can't hold me responsible. No, but let me ask both of you something, because you both have to think about this. If, since we're talking about the brain predetermining something you do, you're talking about the Big Bang predetermining all future events. Um, then is the fact that we experience time, is that itself an illusion? Hmm. I'm going to say, yes, time is an illusion the way we experience it. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking from the physics perspective, right? But the way humans experience time 
is an illusion because it's very easily manipulated. So for example, in experiments, we can take something called transmagnetic, uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is basically- Transcranial. Cr transcranial magnetic stimulation. You, you put a magnet and you can kind of zap different parts of the brain and, and temporarily knock them out. People let you do this to them? We do all sorts of things, Neil. Why I, do you think I became a neuroscientist? I, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of up for it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's just that, Heather, you describe it with such glee. <laughs> <laughs> Stick a magnet on their head. Okay, and what happens? One day I'll bring you into the no! lab. Neil, it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I have the magnets in my head. Yeah. Okay. So, so we can manipulate. For example, we have you do an action. Like, you can press the button whenever you want. Kind of like that. Let me know when you had the intention to do it, and then we see when you do it. And then we zap you just after you do it. Zap you. Little, little magnet stimulation. And then what that does... <laughs> it's, it's innocent. Harmless. It's, it's harmless. harmless magnetic it's stimulation of the brain. Absolutely harmless. Yeah. And what it does is we can move back in time your perception of when you had the intention. We can move forward in time your perception of when you did the action. Okay, so that's one way we can manipulate time. You can manipulate time when you're in various different states of consciousness. When you have particular types of brain damage, especially to the prefrontal cortex, your perception of time will speed up. We're starting to understand what parts of the brain are related to time perception, and when they're damaged, your time perception changes, or when you have certain psychiatric illnesses. Even during the creative state, when you're in that kind of flow state, like when Baba gets into his flow and he's rapping, we, I, I, I've looked at his brain in the scanner and other rappers. He lets you do this. He, he, why do you think I married him? Oh, he's my husband, by the way. Wait, did he know before he married you that... that no, she made him marry her. <laughs> They were out at dinner. She was like, come here, I'm going to put a magnet on you. Put a oh my God. The real question is... Don't try to dodge this fact. We know. Did, All right. The real question is, did he write a rap about neuroscience because he married a neuroscientist, or did he marry a neuroscientist because he wanted to write a rap about neuroscience? We'll never know. Now listen, um, I digress. Now, I'm going to tell you what I know, and no disrespect to Baba or my wife of 20 years, but he married you because you're hot. Oh. <laughs> now, that's, that's one thing that every man is predetermined. <laughs> he tells me he was more attracted to my brain, but I'll leave it at that. And I'm going to tell you, he's lying. <laughs> 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 I wait, wait, put wait, wait. him in the scanner. Yes. You, know, you put him in the scanner while he's rapping. While he's rapping. And we actually found a distinct pattern of brain activation where he, during the improvised state versus when he's doing a memorized rap, he gets decreased activation of the part of the brain called the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex, which has to do with our sense of self and time and place. So when you're in these flow states... It's actually a part of the brain called the dorsolateral prefrontal. Right, right, right. Could you, could you make up your mind where this thing is in the head? <laughs> I'm kind of with you because it's like dorsal, lateral, prefrontal. <laughs> right. No, it's just no, like, what the so heck? exactly where is it? It's all around here. It's like all up in here. <laughs> in this exact spot. It's right there. <laughs> well, you know. 
Okay, there I'm sorry. There are a lot of couldn't... parts to the brain that we need to describe in okay. exquisite detail. I won't even ask you about your physics terms that you all use. So um, it's turned down, right? And then, so that's why when people are in this flow state, it feels as if it's coming through them from someplace else because they lose their sense of agency, but they also lose their sense of time. And we also know in people, if you knock out with transcranial magnetic stimulation, that part of the brain, they, it'll affect their perception of time. So time is a creation of the brain. It's an illusion, just like anything else. And the other interesting fact is that people without any brain damage, just healthy people, actually have a slower subjective sense of time than the actual clock time. So we're not very accurate at telling clock time. Um, so we have our own kind of internal pace. When I was a kid, I did a really geeky thing just because I could. I, I trained myself to count seconds precisely. And... <laughs> Oh, what are you talking about, Neil? That's not geeky at all. <laughs> and uh, my personal best, my personal best was I counted 89 seconds when 90 seconds had passed. And I used to do it with stopwatches. I, was, I almost got an applause for that thing. One other, um, and so, so, I, so, so Brian, I just try to match real time, yeah. but... She's saying it's like, it's web, the brain can be manipulated well, to think about... Is there such thing as real time? I don't, I mean, like, I just think it's an illusion that we experience, but is there actual well, real time? Well, you know, from the standpoint of physics, there is a conception of time because that's what allows change to occur. So when people say, from a physics standpoint, the time is an illusion, I don't really know what they mean. But it is the case that our experience of time, which you say that you can manipulate, which is quite interesting. With magnets. Yeah, exactly. You know, our or experience electrodes. of time does not give us insight into the way time actually works. Because once you learn that time for me is not the same as time for you, if we're in motion or if we're experiencing different gravitational fields, these are measurable differences between how your watch and my watch will tick off time based upon what we're doing and where we are. That's counterintuitive. We've never experienced that. It took a genius of Einstein to come along and reveal it. So I would say that our experience of time gives us a misrepresentation of how time actually behaves but time is real. But for every one of us, we are prisoners of the present, eternally transitioning from our past to our future. Jesus. Wow. Man. That's, <laughs> that's deep, man. Man, I, we should just end the show right there, <laughs> man. Like, you said that, I was like, I guess we out of time. Well, there's actually, I mean, looking into the future, there might be ways that we can, we can do things now, like implant electrodes in the brain, right, and stimulate certain parts directly. The more directly. you talk about this, well, we, we, can, we can plant electrodes in the brain because the magnet wasn't good enough. Right. <laughs> and to boot... We can control it with remote control. This is real stuff. I promise. Yeah. Wait, Neil. You just, you, you just. How do we know, Baba, you weren't just off stage controlling Baba like you this don't. with a remote control? How do we know? Why do you think he was so good? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> if we could, and theoretically we could do this in the not-too-distant future, go in and implant electrode and affect your perception of time such that every moment appears to last an eternity. Mm. 
Oh. Depends on which the moments are, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can fast forward the ones you don't like. Yeah. You can keep the really Wait, good ones. Wait, that was in Black Mirror. I saw that <laughs> in Black that? Mirror. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, going to say, have you me. been talking to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> but the question would be, the question would be, would you want that implant? Would you want that? Because I happen to think that you know, having to experience both the good and the bad, but have, the fact that it's temporal and that there's this limit and that it's our most valuable resource gives life meaning. But suppose uh, you could find the moments in time or the places in the brain where you're most creative mm -hmm. and then make that be your biggest, your most sustained experience. Well, so in, th when does we creativity map into this conversation? Yes, when you're creating, the parts of your brain that are normally active when they're clicking off time... <laughs> are down-regulated when you're in that creative flow state. So people, time doesn't seem to exist. Self doesn't seem to exist. It's a very pleasurable state. People strive to get yeah, there. I bet Brian and I could agree on this. When you're cranking out some equation, you, you forego personal hygiene. Mm. You don't know that you're hungry. <laughs> you don't know and because... And you don't know how much time has elapsed. And you almost Brian, feel like... You agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I call yeah, that Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But you also feel, it feels as if you're tapping into something greater, as if you are outside something greater than yourself because your sense of self is turned down. So in those moments, I would argue that we feel eternal in a sense because time is not existing. And well, it is very pleasurable. But do you want to be in that state all the time? Well, if I had I think control it would be meaningless. over it. Do we have control over it? If you had control, yeah, you potentially. Yeah, yeah we can control give you control. Yeah, she wasn't very sure about that part. Yeah, you have control. All I know is this: I am never coming to your lab because you're like a real life version of Get Out. <laughs> Lay me down on the table and just now sink it to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I welcome any of you no, into my no, lab no. at any time. Chuck and I are it's walking an open right by. Door policy. <laughs> Come on in. But um, yeah, so anyway, I would argue that the, our sense of time is what gives us meaning. And there are some patients who get lesions where they are just literally living in the moment. They cannot see the future and they cannot think of the past. There's someone who has a certain type of brain so the damage. Prisoners of the present without vision. Right. See, because you say we're prisoners of the present, I say we're not prisoners of the present because we can see into the future and the past. There are true people who. There's a man. He has a certain type of brain damage where every minute he keeps a diary and he just keeps writing, I am now just for conscious for the very first time. Right mm -hmm. now I'm just conscious for the first time. Now I'm just awake the first time. And it's just each minute because he has no vision. He can't look in the future and he can't see the past. It's only the now. He's which, a which prisoner. magnet made that happen? No. That was the type of brain damage that and we don't And can I know. borrow some money from him? <laughs> <laughs> Chuck! <laughs> Wait, one interesting thing of that story, though, just, to, just okay. to give it meaning, he had damage to his hippocampus, which is involved in memory. But the one thing he did remember... There was an episode of Family Guy called Big Man on the Hippocampus, oh, by the way. Really? I've never yeah. seen it. Well, the thing that stayed constant... I know because I was in that episode. That's you, why. Yeah. You were the big you man? I was referenced in it or something. You were I, the big man on the hippocampus? No, 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 no. Oh, no, I wasn't was just, you? Yeah. Um, the thing that remains stable, though, is every time his wife would come to visit him, and this was over the course of years, he would recognize her and see her like it's the first time he's seeing her in a million years and say, oh, it's so good to see you. I'm so happy to see you, whatever. And that lasted for years and years, and that was the only thing that remained constant. And the other thing was that he was a professional pianist, and whenever he'd get in front of the piano and get into this mode, he could actually just play a whole piece. Now, was he, aware, was he aware that his wife was putting magnets on his hands? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> if only. But the, the one thing is this. We control the electrodes right now. The question is, can you control them yourself? Yeah. That's why I hesitate. I, I, we haven't gotten to that point yet because you don't want people going home well, and just when you get there. zinging you know, themselves, right. you know. But, yeah. but when right. we get to that point, yeah. then I'll, I'll give you yeah. a call. So, so, Heather, we're about to lose Brian out oh, of no. this segment before Forever? we go to our, our sports segment. <laughs> Forever, <laughs> she says. <laughs> so, so, Brian, you have any sort of uh, concluding reflective thoughts? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he freely said that. <laughs> so, Brian, I like, what, was it uh, Einstein or uh, John Wheeler who said of time, time is uh, invented to make motion look simple? Uh, I hear Wheeler said time was invented so that everything doesn't happen at the same moment. Oh. You can spread it yeah, out in yeah, that coordinate yeah. system. And Einstein said that the distinction between past, present, and future is only an illusion, however persistent. And on that, I'll leave. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 Brian. Thank you. <laughs> Brian Green, everybody. <laughs> Great job, man. <laughs> 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 <laughs>